Welcome to Hattrick City on WXCI 91.7, Danbury's only all-hockey radio show. I know that some in our audience don't know the finer points of hockey. You want me to dummy you again? Hattrick's baby! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hattrick City. I'm DJ Patty Cake with DJ Uncle Matt in the studio hey. and Zach Pamelian as well. And we're back after a bit of a holiday break, but rest assured, we got a big episode coming up for you. But first, our 10-minute misconduct. Take it away, Matt. A lot of big news um, in Danbury hockey. One of the biggest uh, pieces to news, uh, pieces of news to come out is that Former first overall NHL draft pick from the 1999 draft, Patrick Stefan has been named the head coach of the NAHL Danbury Hattricks, uh, Junior Hattricks. It's <clears throat> not the first time a uh, former NHL player has coached in Danbury. You had uh, Colton Orr coaching with the Connecticut Whale for a while, but it is definitely the first time we've had former NHL player involved with the Hattrick's organization on, a, I guess, on a day-to-day level. And uh, I think, you know, Stefan's got a, a background in coaching. He's, he's known for being picked uh, very high in that 1999 NHL draft um, is what, what stands out to me uh, about um, Patrick Stefan. But uh, I know he's done some coaching. I think as recently as 2019, he was involved with Little Caesars. Uh, Little uh, Caesars? Yeah, Little Caesars out of Michigan. It's a oh. big, big hockey yeah, program. Nice. I think. Okay. <laughs> I'm new to that. Yeah, I so. think they, I think, I'm not 100% sure, but it, it looked like they did fairly well um, going through his information. That's good. Yeah, it looked yeah. like they did fairly well when, when he was the coach. So, uh, it, yeah, it's great to see uh, mm-hmm. Patrick Stefan come to Danbury. He's a native okay. of the Czech Republic. Uh mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he silver medal at both the World Juniors and the World Senior Championships, and he played almost uh, he played over 450 NHL games, including with the Atlanta Thrashers and the Dallas Stars. So, um, according to the re- press release that was put out by the team, Patrick Stefan worked as a certified NHL player agent between 2007 and 2021. He represented Pavel Zatra. Um, who's one of the big guys with yeah. the with the <laughs> New Jersey Devils? Uh, so, you know, he was the head coach of the uh, Little Caesars U15 midget team. They claimed the national championship in 2019. Players on that team included Luke Hughes uh, and uh, Jack O'Brien, and I guess his son James Stefan. Uh, I guess that that's who he's talking about. I guess so. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how it was worded to me, at yeah. least. Who's playing in the Western Hockey League with Portland. So listen, it's an interesting day. It's an yeah. interesting development. This is not every day that we get a first overall uh, draft pick and guy who played that many games in the NHL come to town. I, yeah. um, <clears throat> As I understand, Matt Voity will be retained – uh, within the Danbury organization, probably working mostly with the Federal League team, and he'll continue to work with all of the goalies, I guess. Uh, but you know, listen, it's it's 
in fairness to everybody who's been involved with the junior hat tricks, it's been it's a huge undertaking. We've talked about it before. Matt Voidy's been our guest. Um, <clears throat> nothing I'm going to say hasn't been said before. It's a huge undertaking. We're when when you've had the season like the junior hockey team has, doesn't matter if it's in the middle of the season. You're always starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. If you've had this type of season where I, I don't know what their record is, um, um, I'll get that for you. It's it's not anything to to run home about, but yeah, yeah. But you know, having it's, someone like that in the locker room for sure. I feel like uh, you know, just someone of that caliber, like they can definitely like learn from that for sure. Like you know, well, it's gonna bring it's gonna bring a different element, I think. And maybe we can, you know, we, we talk about this later in the show, but uh, you, you played for Keith Primo, former mm-hmm. NHL player, former Hartford Whaler while you were a junior hockey player. Yeah. How did that impact maybe your perception of what you were there to do in juniors, having that NHL coach that had that high-level experience? Uh, it just makes you approach the game a little bit differently, you know. I think, you know, they're at a spot where, you know, they're obviously doing this to get committed to a good college for sure. But it's, you know, it's, you know, it's time to, like, buckle down and, you know, kind of take this seriously and, you know, kind of grow up, essentially, you know, see what your options are and, you know, just uh, kind of be a good person and be a good hockey player at the same time. So I think the opportunity is there to, you know, make some changes and, you know, get to a good start for sure with this acquisition. By the way, their current record stands as two twenty four three and two. And again, I I don't think that that's um yeah it's been a, it's been a tough go for them. But, but what I can tell you is this: uh, Matt Voidy's been great for Danbury hockey, and you you can look at people like Dylan Kelly and Brian Wilson. Uh, you know they've they've basically reached the. AHL backup levels and and stuff like that. I think Kel- Kelly even got in a game, a couple of games. Yeah, for Henderson. Yeah, so uh, can't say anything more about Matt, and I'm glad that he's going to be still involved. I'm excited to see what Patrick Stefan's going to bring. He's got coaching experience. Um, there's there's no hiding that Matt Voidy's kind of head coaching experience wasn't where his uh, talents lied. He's he's a guy who's worked primarily with goalies and working with goalies, and he'll continue to do that. So that's that's good news. But with, with, with Patrick Stefan coming in, listen, <clears throat> this is a former NHL player. You, sh- you know, regardless of uh, what he's famous for on YouTube or not, he's a guy who's got over 450 NHL games played. I think that's going to mean something when you approach a kid about coming to play for Danbury or getting that opportunity with Danbury. I think... He's had he's had success as a player. There's no question, and now he's had some success as a coach that he can bring here. Player agent background. He's bringing that here. I'm looking forward to to, to seeing changes. I've been watching the junior hat trick since the COVID year. <clears throat> Great brawl we had between <laughs> us and Lewiston it was just amazing. Uh, just in the sense that um, you know that was hard times here, and I and I I kind of hitched on to that junior team, and I'm glad that it's staying intact with a little bit of a new direction, and I'm glad that the good people are going to stay involved. Mm. Um, speaking of people involved with the junior hat-tricks in the NAHL, Pat, I'm going to let you take it away, explain. Uh, so 
our main goalie, he's usually our starter for the Null team, uh, Patrick Spurzens out of Latvia. He is currently representing Latvia in the World Juniors. As of this recording, he has started both games for them. I think there was a third today. I imagine he started that as well. Um, I know the first two games didn't really go the way that they should have, but at the same time, his performance was top-notch from what I've what I was told and why I'd seen, uh, you know, talking with Billy about it and, you know, even, even just watching it live yesterday, briefly in the office before warmups, that was, you know, he was getting peppered left and right. Mm -hmm. So if anything, I think it comes down to more of Lafia needs to step up their defense, but I, you know, I could be completely wrong, but either way. Um, so Lafia has played four games. It looks like, and they're uh, they've collected one regulation win, an OT loss, and oh, and yeah, two losses in regulation. They've been outscored sixteen to ten, and and listen, that was the tail of the tape. I mean, I I um, you know I subscribe to the hockey news, and I got to look at the most recent uh, December issue, which came out, and it's a pretty much a complete guide to. World Juniors and everything going on in that tournament. And I came to Latvia's piece, and it was uh, written by Ryan Kennedy of the Hockey News, a great, great hockey reporter. And, you know, the nuts and bolts of it is is that Latvia struggles every year in this tournament. But as you go down the line, it looks like a goalie spot opened up. And, uh, you know, Patrick uh, has you know, slid into the spot and he looked good on TV. It's not easy to win games in this tournament. No. I, I, I think that, uh, again, this this kind of goes back to what's happening here in Danbury. I, you know, the, the, for, the, for the relevance of this show, we have a guy who's playing on the highest, this is, there's no higher stage. There's really no higher stage in, in hockey in some ways because the real diehard hockey fans of Canada they're all over this tournament. It means everything to them. Mm -hmm. They, they, you know, I, I, I think that you know I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think it's up there with Canadians and diehard and real diehard hockey fan Americans with the Olympics. It's it's yeah. right up there with that type of that type of prestige. So to have um, a kid coming from Latvia mm -hmm. playing in Danbury and playing at this tournament, it just goes to show what, what what's going on here. And uh, and and what's what's happening with the shifts in personnel? You have a world class yeah. goalie, um, Matt Voidy has been credited with working with him, and it looks like bringing him in to Danbury. But I can tell you that uh, overall, uh, Pat's probably seen him play more than anybody else. Yeah, I mean, you know, announcing those games and working on. Um, it's always a pleasure. I mean, they, um, they haven't gone the way that most people want it to go, but just watching him every night is it's it's an honor. I, I genuinely um, just to see this kid just do his thing and just do it really well. Um, last year we didn't really have that either. I mean, we had some good goaltending um, with Matt being the assistant coach, but it wasn't like on this level of where Persons is at mm -hmm. right now. And I'm trying to get I'm trying to pull up some some stats for him. Uh they don't make it easy. Oh uh, bro, you could have asked me that. I have 
Elite well, prospects well, open. Yeah, but well, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so tell me what it's it's not always the most up to date. But what, what's he been doing? So what's his what's his numbers look like? And how many games has he played in? Two. Um, this year he's he's played in a little more than that. No, for for for, oh, for this for it's two. Yeah, it's two. Okay, so he's played in two of the games. Um, trying to see. Yeah, so like I said, it, it, it really is a big move for Danbury mm-hmm. to have a kid like this. If, if You know, sometimes in, in Danbury we have so many fans that are really tuned into the Federal League hat, hat Tricks team that sometimes what's going on in the NHL and college hockey is kind of just on the peripheral mm-hmm. of, 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 of their hockey focus. Yeah. So it's uh, it's cool to be talking about not only talking about the World Juniors on the Hat Trick City, but it, talking about it where we have a stake in it. And That's really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then on top of that, he's also a University of Maine commit as yeah, well. Yeah, University so. of Maine, great place to play. Um, great atmosphere. I actually went up to a game there last year. So, you know, it, 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 the, the talent is in the NAHL. We, we in Danbury haven't seen the crowds come out for it. Like, I think we, we, we could get a little bit of a crowd for these games. But, like I said, the action is there. Uh, it's a it, it's kind of a scrappy skill level, mm-hmm. but the action is is all there. Yeah. So in two games, he's got a three point three six goals against average, nine point uh, point oh nine seven point nine oh seven save percentage, and he's zero yeah. and two. But hey, again, it's 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 one of the biggest stages in the world, and he's he's. He's played in a win for Danbury, so that's pretty good. We have two wins, and he was in goal for one of them. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if, you know, with a little bit of coaching experience coming to the junior hat tricks and the talent level being like it is, uh, I, I think this is a good league. I, I enjoy the NA, and I don't know how many of the games you've seen, and I know you didn't quite play at this level yourself in the yeah. juniors, but just in terms, if you like hockey, yeah, the action is there. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the fighting is there. The hits yeah. are there. Uh, their their skill, their oh, yeah. skill is. It's not always a lot of tape to tape passing, but there's individual skill. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they have a lot of good guys for sure. You know, they, you know, they'll definitely find a way to piece it together for sure. All great teams too, but and they have the skill to do it. So, you know. have you gotten a chance to see any of their games or? Um, Briefly, briefly, just, yeah. Hopefully can get out to a couple more. Yeah, it's interesting. And as we're recording this, um, Canada is dominating Germany right now in the third period, 10-1. to 1. Well, that's the thing. Is so, But I just want to say big improvement from their previous game because I know a lot of what people were saying was Canada was playing more like individuals at a showcase as opposed to playing like a team. That's why they kind of came up short. Yeah. And um, I know Russia is not... Not the, the they're not even in it. They're, they're suspended. Not in the they're, they're being suspended right now. Yeah. As oh, they should be. For what? Uh, the war in the Ukraine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good I was going to say. I mean. <laughs> uh, no, but, but you know what? Like, looking at it, I, I've said this before, and maybe it's a waste of breath, but, you know, it's really hard to do a hockey tournament that's true to the i guess the values and the ideals of a world cup or a, mm. i mean i don't know necessarily the world cup but even the olympics it's it's to do a world cup you really i think um 
you know, I think to do a World Cup, you, you, you'd kind of need like a line of North Americans to be on every nation. You know, like Italy, Ireland, like, all right, you're, there's, there's got to be, there are thousands and thousands, Greece, there are thousands in th- Portugal. In Canada, like, if you just plucked out yeah. six guys from Canada uh, that had that kind of heritage, we'd have a much more wide-open type mm-hmm. of a thing. But no matter whether it's the juniors or the world championships, it really does come down to a few teams all the time, right? It's, it's the U.S., Canada, Russia, when they're, in, when they're not suspended for starting wars all over the world. Uh, you know, like... Uh, you know, uh, uh, Czech Republic, and then there's you know Finland and Sweden, but then after that, it's it's it really is difficult to compete. So, you know. um, you know, I think. Well, it's also good to see like you know the the countries that don't really have as much exposure. You know, a lot of people playing the sport. Like it's good to see too. You know, everyone wants to represent their country in that type of way. And, and I'm sure yeah. they want to come to North America and play some, some mm-hmm. or oh, at yeah. the top leagues in their own country. And it's, listen, it's a great showcase. It, it's a mm-hmm. great thing to to say. Um, speaking of potential tournaments and potential showdowns, um, Pat, why don't you tell us about the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the hypothetical upcoming? Well, so. Um, Outdoor. Over this past <laughs> weekend, Matt and myself went to our buddy Dom's house. Um, has a beautiful outdoor rink. Um, he let us skate in it for the best in the world. For the night. Oh, <laughs> world world class right yeah, there. Yeah, totally world class. Um, lights and everything, fireplace. Um, you know, just the greatest atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So we played out there, put a nice picture on the gram. Next thing you know, it's also on Facebook too. Um, Luke Richards decided to comment, "When's the three v three? <laughs> so I took this as like, oh, that's like a little little quirky mm-hmm. thing to post. Amesbury chimes in, I'm in. Uh-oh. So then it's getting serious. Luke responds to that, all right, and Koozie's in as well. So now we have an actual 3v3, and right here, <laughs> most people have heard it here first. We accept that challenge. We're, we're going. We accept. Let's we, do we it. accept. We're going to do it. Um, we just got to wait for this weather to get better, honestly, yeah. because right now, like, global warming kind of sucks mm-hmm. so we're gonna have like some 50 and 60 degree days but that's not really good for the, yeah. the rink. we gotta wait for it to get into the teens overnight and when it gets closer to that weather forecast mm-hmm. we're gonna play it yeah absolutely. yeah sorry guys you guys got no chance <laughs> nah, it's all good it, it's all good i mean you want to make a bet yeah. <laughs> bets are open um, we'll see what happens i mean it'll be definitely brute skill versus uh <laughs> I don't really know. Guess you get like Jess out there, or like Robo on your team, or something. We get somebody. Yeah. Um, and if there's somebody out there who thinks they can help us, we're enlisting you right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Someone who can take down names. <laughs> and then I, I just want to mention, um, while we're in the 10 minute misconduct here, I just want to mention that both UConn and Sacred Heart University will be opening up new on campus hockey arenas early next month and i think it's uh, i just wanted to mention that on this show i don't think it'll ever touch the the crowd that we have here in in danbury it's still something just way too unique to ever compete with but i can tell you that it's going to definitely be a new era 
in college hockey in Connecticut, and now you have four schools with on-campus rinks, and that experience is going to start to be comparable to things you see at Northeastern, things you see at Boston College, uh, uh, you know, other other college hockey uh, institutions. You're gonna you're gonna see it. You're gonna see that atmosphere hopefully in Connecticut. I personally don't have a ton of use because they don't let you drink beer and watch the game. You have to go <laughs> do it in a corner, kind of somewhere. I don't know what it is at the Xfinity Center, but at, on campus, it's it's uh, it's a little restricted. So, listen. We still got the best Saturday night hockey games where you oh, can yeah. drink mm-hmm. as much as you want, so that I wouldn't worry about that. You don't have but, to hide it either. Yeah, you're going to see a high level of college hockey in Connecticut. You're already seeing it, but you're, now you're going to see it right mm-hmm. on campus with probably um, really engaged fans in intimate buildings. That are, it's going to be great for hockey. Yeah. That yeah. I'll be honest with you guys. That's one of the reasons why I moved up here and was so willing to. It's like I can see these Saturday night hockey games here in Danbury, and, yeah. they're, and they're a great time. It's something great to do on a cold night, right? You go out, mm-hmm. you see the game, and you uh, and you, you you basically get 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 into that environment for something really entertaining. Uh, well, I feel like the college game like is more like family friendly. Like you know, I definitely think the parents want to you know see the the guys on the ice you know shoot the puck you know and take their shots then you know guys in the stand taking shots it's definitely a family friendly environment and, I, and it, it um it'll it's definitely also, grow the game for sure like it, you know? there's a lot of skill these, oh, yeah, these guys say. Are, it's a fast game with a lot of skill it's not it's not as physical as i'm used to and yeah. i don't i don't like you know i'm I'm not. I'm a student here, but you know, it's not like you know. I'm not a college kid, so so it's like there's a little bit of a disconnect between me going to a game like in Danbury where I can have a beer and I can wander around the rink, or kind of going to this college game where they want you to drink literally in another room and stay there with the beer until you're done. And it's it just cheapens it all. In the next ten years, I don't see that being the case. They're going to realize that they're never going to sell a lot of beer. If they if you can only drink it in in one part of the building, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they'll give up on it after a while. These, That's one thing I didn't understand about like when I went to Quinnipiac because beer tent. Yeah, and it's in the other room. Yeah, it's in it's in literally the basketball court. It's yes. in the same thing. There's just a concourse that divides the two. And you it have to doesn't go make to the sense. Basketball court it makes no sense. Yeah, at least your college sold beers at games. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> really quick before we before we talk about the Delaware Thunder, um, and the you know the, the Danbury will be on the road. Again, to play um, on the 30th and 31st against Delaware in Harrington, Delaware, which I hear is, yeah, I hear there's not much to say about it. But uh, what I can tell you is, is that I did, re- I just wanted to put this on the air because I mentioned it to Zach and I mentioned it, I think, to Pat the other day, is that I recently went to Baltimore, Maryland, and you hear a lot of things on the internet and TV about, Listen, uh, I'm sure it's awful, but it's a great sports town. People still come from all over to go to those Baltimore Orioles games and wander around the bars outside that that stadium in the summer. I think that the Federal Hockey League needs to look at Baltimore. It's got a young people's vibe with people looking to be a part of something. There's not really there's no real winter sports except football in Maryland. Yeah. In in Baltimore. 
you have the baseball team and the NFL team, but you don't have pro hockey and you don't have the NBA. You do have good college basketball, but it's a different market. It's a totally different market. So what I'm saying is that would be a great place. I mean, I'm sure young dudes would love living in Baltimore with the, the many colleges around there, proximity to D.C. All I'm saying is, is that this league could grow. There could be really fun nights out in a lot of different markets, and I think – that that you know to really, I I always think about this in terms of Danbury, right? Like if we don't have teams to play, we could ultimately be in mm-hmm. danger. Like if there there aren't teams within three to five hours of us, yeah, we could be in danger. Mm-hmm. You know, just not yeah. like Danbury could be in danger. Like you know, we're already seeing what it would be kind of like if. We, we had to move to the NAHL. We already have an NAHL team here. So mm-hmm. all we had was that. We see what we have. And even though I think it's a great product, mm-hmm. I mean, not everybody has really bought in yet on the attendance side. Mm-hmm. So my, my – and that's the reason the Trashers, 100%, I think, and, and maybe not 100%, but I, I, I think it was 100% the reason why the Trashers – why when the trashers ended hockey didn't continue was that there was nobody to play elmira was switching to the echl we couldn't have gotten to the echl with the building we were playing in uh richmond was either dropping the level or changing i don't know what they i don't know what richmond ended up doing well like richmond was going to be the closest game for the trashers and that's kind of like it's ridiculous it's it's a really long trip so um yeah, the, this Delaware series, though, despite what I thought, they, they've been pretty close games, f- and they've been very, very physical. So it's kind of good to close out the year with old-time hockey. Last night, it was the final, 7-4? Seven 7-4. Four? Four. Seven 7-4 four. Four final when we were up. We were up pretty high for a while in that six game. 6-2. Yeah, I think we were up as high as 6-2, to two, and then the, the gap kind of – Narrow just a little bit, but at the end of the day, it was a great crowd, and I think the crowd is back. We're really not going to see Delaware again. Uh, yeah, I don't think we see them after this. I think no. we're I think we're done, and it's going to be tough games with everybody else the mm-hmm. rest of the year. I mean, teams yeah. that have won games, um, you know, we, we come back early in the new year at home against Carolina on the sixth and seventh. So uh, it'd be great to wrap up, get two more wins in, in 2022 and look towards 2023 to to make a, an impression mm-hmm. on other teams. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to close out the year with that. Um, and then I'm really excited because then we come back that next weekend and we're playing against Carolina. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I think that's the first time they come to Danbury this season, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, sec- second, right? Is it? Yeah, I think the second. I think we played them once already here. Right, Carolina? Yeah, we did. That's yeah. right. It was that November game after Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's right. So it'll be their second time, and they'll be playing on the Friday and Saturday. And then you guys will travel to Mississippi the next weekend. That should be fun. That's going to be a fun <laughs> one. I think that's the farthest you guys are going to travel for uh-huh. the – I think the 
pretty much the whole season. Yeah, if I I'm not, if I'm not wrong. Can't wait for that bus, <laughs> dude. I mean, maybe we'll get lucky and get a plane again. I don't know. <laughs> Did you guys what fly plane? To Carolina? <laughs> no. no? Plead the plead the fifth. <laughs> oh, plead okay. The fifth. All right. oh, I'm really? pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we took a bus. Wow. I don't know. I was asleep for most of it. He took a bus. <laughs> wow. Oh, whoa. Okay. <laughs> what about Columbus? Hmm. Yeah, Columbus. I thought you guys. I thought we were on a bus the entire time. I don't know. I was. I could have been out of it or a couple or two. <laughs> so. Okay. No, fair enough. Fair amnesia enough. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened. Why <laughs> amnesia? Well, I think we can get into the show now, right? Yeah, of course. Um, stick around. We got some beautiful guests coming in, and um, you don't want to miss the rest of this New Year's Eve special in a way. Yeah, it's a holiday special. I think holiday special. We have Zach Pamelion, mm-hmm. and we have uh, Brian Wilson coming in. Yep, and as always, Coach's Corner with Billy McCreary. Brian Wilson, not the beach boy, the goalie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne. For many years, you know I've had a drink problem, and I'm, I'm trying to battle that problem every single day. But one thing I don't do, I don't drive my car when I'm drinking. I get someone to drive me. Do not drink and drive. It's the stupidest thing. If you drink, just don't drive. Not only are you going to hurt yourself, you may hurt some other person, and you wouldn't want that on your conscience, would you? A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. All right, folks. Welcome back to Hat Trick City. It's just me, DJ Patty Cake, for now. But we are joined by Billy McCreary and Isla McCreary. So how are we doing? We are doing very well, thank you. Awesome. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty well. Um, so before we get into talks about the games this past weekend, I want to ask you, how was your uh, your holiday? It was fantastic. We actually uh, we had one day off. Uh, we got to spend it as a family, a nice quiet day. So it doesn't happen too often in my profession. So try <laughs> to try to enjoy the 24 hours. Of course. Um, was there any activities you guys did that were, you know, pretty family oriented like specific like it's tradition uh well being a new family we're kind of starting our traditions but okay. we we started with the gifts and a nice uh a nice family breakfast um and then we actually just enjoyed some downtime in the morning and went on a hike in the evening and uh yeah got got some time outdoors and it was a nice nice family day that's awesome that's glad to hear and then um you know, I'm I'm gonna get into Tuesday because Tuesday's a lot to unpack. But what happened on Tuesday? A lot of things. I don't I don't know if you would know about them. <laughs> um, but Friday, I wanted to talk about Friday. We had a good night. Um, ended up being seven five win at home. Um, how do you think we fared that game? I know there was a few missteps, which I was gonna dive into in a little bit. Yeah, I actually wasn't too happy with the performance. Um, you know, I thought there was bits and pieces that were really good, but, you know, as a whole for 60 minutes, you know, we certainly have better. Um, so, you know, we wanted to show that on, on Tuesday night, and I think we did uh, in some areas, but not in others. Yeah, and I noticed, too, um, Delaware in both games, uh, most of their goals were all power play goals. If not, it was like pretty much 75% of yep. those goals. Um, has that been something you guys have been working on in practice, like actively before this upcoming series? Yeah, I mean, we're always working on our specialty teams. Just, you know, even with, especially with our team, you know, we're 
we're the most penalized team in the league by far. Um, you know, so it's it's certainly a focus. And, and even though we're the most penalized team in the league and, you know, um, all eyes are on us in that regard, you know, to the boys' credit, you know, they didn't have a, a great 12-minute five-on-three penalty kill on Tuesday, but they still come out and win the game. So sometimes you got to beat the other team and you have to beat other people that are unfortunately involved as well, and the boys were able to do that. So, Of course. And on Friday, speaking of penalties, um, Amesbury actually hit his 100th career fight as a pro. Um, I guess him and Johnny were having a little race to see who would get to 100 first, and Ames beat him, but I only found that out on Tuesday. Um, any thoughts? <laughs> You're not talking about Johnny Ruiz, are you? Possibly. <laughs> Does he have one fight? What, Ruiz? Yeah. He has at least one. I remember he fought at least one. I know. I know. Season, he definitely yeah, has at least one. He definitely one. has. But uh, definitely not in the same category as Ames. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> listen, Ames has a role. Um, he's always had a role in this game. And, you know, he does that very well for us. So um, it's great that he can hit that milestone and go from there. Of course. And then Tuesday, I know you might not be able to see this, but I'll speak for you in saying that the refs made some very questionable calls um i know there was some frustration i saw at the end of the first period yeah um you know take us through your your mindset that going into that game and just going through it and seeing these these calls that really should not have even been made or were even possible i would think yeah no it's listen it's a good question and i probably can't dive too far into the to the answers because the legal probably give me about 25 game suspension for it who knows but uh But yeah, you know, again, we're we're a tough team. We're a physical team. Um, you know, I've been in this league now with this organization for three years, and for three years we've always gone up against the likes of the Alex Basies, the Justin Schmitz. Um, you know, the the tough guys that are around the league, and they take liberties on our guys. And you know, we were again, like we've talked about, we wanted to make sure that we went went out and found somebody that you know could protect our guys. Um, you know, we have a lot of guys with head injuries that if they have one more, they're probably done. So it's a protection thing for us. And, you know, certainly we found the toughest guy in the league. And if guys have a problem with it, they should probably level up. Yeah. And um, even Zach, he, he got in a little action there too. Um, but from what I heard, he, he messed up his shoulder somehow. And I don't know if it was from that play specifically. Yeah, no, it, it, it was. Um you know, and, and Zach is a great kid. He's a competitor, and he was – there were some words directed at him that, you know, wouldn't be allowed in our society today. Um, and he was he was trying to to kind of protect, you know, some people in, in that regard. And um, the guy didn't want to answer the bell for what he, what he said, and so Zach just didn't really give him a choice. But – you know, it's unfortunate. You hate to see Zach get hurt. Um, you hate to see that situation. You hate to hear those words. Um, but again, you know, our guys aren't shy. So, Yeah, of course. Um, I want to ask you about Parker Butler. Um, I know some fans might not be too fond of him. I know I'm not, so I just wanted to get a little more insight from you. I know he, he did pretty well on Friday, so just wanted to get your thoughts on him. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's a really good goaltender. Um you know he's in a he's in a tough spot because uh, 
you know, Brian Wilson obviously takes the, the majority of our games and does a really good job for us there. And, you know, Butler was sick at the beginning of the year, uh, COVID, a couple other things. So he's, he's really been working to find his groove. And I say he's in a tough spot because it's, it's hard to find your groove when, you know, Willie's in his groove right now. So, yeah. um, you know, to, to Parker's credit, he just shows up. He continues to work. He's a great kid. He's a great teammate. Um, you know, and when he gets his opportunities, he's he's gotten the job done for us. Of course. And then speaking of goalies, our very own from the Null team, uh, Patrick Spurzens, um, is currently representing Latvia and the World Juniors. Um, so far, not too hot for Latvia, but in terms of his performance, um, what do you think of it so far? Uh, he's been tremendous. Uh, I mean, every year the Latvians, they have to go in and they have to steal games. That That is what it is. And, you know, they really buy into that mindset. I know their coaching staff. I've, I've played with some of their, um, one of their assistant coaches, Carla Zernis, and I know what they preach over there. They're defensive-minded. Um, and they need their goalie to, to keep him in there to, to steal some games. And Patrick certainly did that against the U.S., um, and he did it again yesterday. And I know they haven't found a win yet, but he's given them an opportunity to win every game. Of course. And um, before we get to the last thing I have, uh, what should the fans expect going into this uh, last series of the year against Delaware? I, I don't know. I mean... Um, it, we'll be ready for anything. Uh, we'll win any way we have to win. We're, we're certainly not shy of proving that. You know, I did see some social media stuff out there that there was fireworks in Danbury and there's going to be more fireworks in Delaware. And I don't know if that's a threat. I don't know if that's a promise. I would urge them to, to think before they speak, but uh, it'll be a good game. Six points are on the line. Of course. I'm excited to watch it. And then uh, one last thing. So Matt and I, this weekend, we went over to our buddy Dom's house. We skated at his ODR, and on Facebook, Luke Richards actually commented about doing a 3v3. Now, um, we've pretty much already agreed to it at this point. It's going to be Richards, Kuzi, and Amesbury. Do you have any tips for us to try and beat this, this powerful three? <laughs> well, you're going to need someone tougher than Ames, so best of luck to you there. Um... And then, you know, Kuzi and Richie, they, they've got some skill. And, you know, they've shown what they can do three-on-three three here. And we've won a lot of overtime hockey games this year. So whoever you do find, they're going to have to be good skaters, skilled players, and tougher than Ames. So best of luck to you. Maybe somebody in the Fed can help. Yeah, we were thinking about recruiting Wilson to be our goalie for that game, possibly. So maybe he'll save some shots. But um, besides that, I know Ames very jokingly – Asked if it would be full contact, to which I was like, no, not, not a chance. <laughs> Smart answer. Yeah, of course. And, um, yeah, of course, uh, thank you again for coming on, as always, and good luck this weekend with uh, Delaware. Thank you, sir. Do I have any last words before we go? Do you want to say hockey? Haka. <laughs> Less words than last interview? All right. I think she's more tired this time yeah, than the last I one. Yeah, I agree. All right, again, thank you guys for coming in. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, Patty. Appreciate it. This is Daniel Amesbury, your Ice Wars champion and Danbury Hat Tricks tough guy. You're listening to Hat Trick City Radio on 91.7 WXCI, Danbury. 
And now, for the Hattrick City weekend schedule. Starting college hockey, your Westcon Wolves are off for winter break. At Quinnipiac, the men's team is on the road facing against Holy Cross on Friday, December 30th with a 7 p.m. puck drop. In women's hockey, the Bobcats finish off 2022 and start 2023 at home against Wisconsin on Saturday, December 31st and Sunday, January 1st. Both games are set for a 3 p.m. puck drop. At UConn, the men's team face LIU at home on Friday, December 30th for a 1.05 p.m. puck drop. In women's hockey, the Huskies are on the road to face off against Brown on Saturday, December 31st with a 2 p.m. puck drop. At Sacred Heart, the men's team hosts Mercyhurst on Friday, December 30th. Puck drop is set for 4 p.m. In women's hockey, the Pioneers face St. Michael's College on the road Tuesday, January 3rd with an 11 a.m. puck drop. At Yale, the men's team will be playing in the Ledyard Classic against Providence on Friday, December 30th with a 4 p.m. puck drop. In women's hockey, the Bulldogs are at home to face Mercyhurst on Monday, January 2nd and Tuesday, January 3rd. Both games are set for a 3 p.m. puck drop. In pro hockey, the Danbury Hattricks are on the road for two games against Delaware on Friday, December 30th with a 7.30 p.m. puck drop and on Saturday, December 31st with a 7 p.m. puck drop. The Bridgeport Islanders face Springfield on the road on Friday, December 30th with a 7.05 p.m. puck drop. The Hartford Wolfpack hosts Springfield on Saturday, December 31st for a 5.30 p.m. puck drop. The New Jersey Devils travel to Pittsburgh on Friday, December 30th for a 7 p.m. puck drop. And the New York Islanders travel to Seattle to start off 2023 on Sunday, January 1st with an 8 p.m. puck drop. The New York Rangers also ring in the new year on Sunday, January 1st on the road against Florida. Puck drop is set for 5 p.m. And lastly, on Monday, January 2nd, the Pittsburgh Penguins face off against the Boston Bruins at Fenway Park for the 2023 Winter Classic. Puck drop is set for 2 p.m. And then we'll conclude this week's Hattrick City weekend schedule. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Hattrick City. I'm your host, DJ Patty Cake, joined by my fellow co-host, DJ Uncle Matt. Today in the studio, we have a very, very special guest. I'm going to cut it right here. I always get your last name wrong. Yeah. How is it pronounced? Pameleon. Pameleon? Pameleon. Pameleon. Yeah. Pameleon? Yeah. Zach Pameleon. Okay. I got it. Zach Pameleon. Zach, how are we doing today? I'm doing good. Doing great. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for coming down. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. You're probably doing good coming off three points last night in a game against the Delaware Thunder. (laughs) Uh, Take us through... Um, last night's game, I mean, it was, it, it ended up being a little closer in, in the scoreboard and on the, the shots, uh, shots accumulated by each team than it looked like it was going to be. T- take, take me through the game a little bit and uh, your role. Uh, so they, that game was a little rowdy, like not going to lie. That was probably the most rowdiest game we had all year by far. But, uh, um, I think my role was simple, like, you know, missing, uh, a couple of key guys in our lineup, but it's just, you know, I play my game, you know, making plays and, you know, trying to create offense, but I also play with a little nitty, you know, nitty grittiness and a little nastiness, um, as I was seen in the third period. So, <laughs> but yeah. 
just do whatever I can to help the team win. So that's just me. Can you walk us through the goal you had? Uh, yeah, I think uh, Dowler made a pass across the, the neutral zone, and Buzzy made like you know some spinoramas look like Ovechkin style <laughs> back in '09, and you know just made a pass to me and just you know get shots on that like coach said so you know i think i wanted to ask you about last (laughs) night's game to avoid making the fact that you are probably one of the first or few professional hockey players from the great american state of hawaii yeah and uh could you you know could you tell us how you got into hockey what were your first memories experiences of getting involved in the game yeah so uh i think it was just you know growing up in Hawaii um my um I always wanted to be a hockey player for some reason I think my dad had a big influence on that really mm-hmm. he uh he used to bodybuild back in the day and uh wow. one day he was running you know and doing doing his run like usual after a workout and he uh saw some guys playing roller hockey on a basketball court and was like wow that looks like a lot of fun Got all the gear from, what, Sports Authority, what it was <laughs> called back in the day. Yeah, sure. And, you know, he he started playing that, kind of plays, you know, my role, that type of, nitty, you know, nastiness, you know, kind of, you know, intense. Did he start, like, game. playing in the same rink you ended up playing in? Yeah. Because there's so, only one rink, right, mm-hmm. in the whole state. So so he plays that same game as me, and we both know roller hockey isn't really that type of, like, tough type of game. Yeah, no. So, like, he was like, you know, forget this. Like, I'm going to go play ice hockey. And that's when, you know, I was about to be born, too, and it's just doing, like, one of those things, like, your dad loved. And apparently, like, I loved it so much that, you know, I liked it than any other thing in the world. So wow. it's just, like, a passion. So did he play like beer league hockey basically? Yeah, he he started when he was like thirty, just playing <laughs> beer league hockey. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit about when it gets a little more serious from you when you kind of make that transition from uh you, you know, you mentioned to me off the air that you played some house hockey mm-hmm. for you know, in house stuff. Tell me a little bit about how does somebody from Hawaii um begin going about making that transition essentially yeah. off the off the island mm-hmm. to to the mainland I guess you would say to play hockey yeah I I think you know hockey was always just serious so like I always wanted to be a hockey player growing up it was like no if ands or buts like you know whatever it takes like I'm gonna get there to do it so it was just like you know years of practicing and you know god-given talent some of the stuff I do like I couldn't tell you where I learned that from so it's just you know it's just a lot of passion and love for the game were there some guys that you like looked up to growing up like you'd watch on tv and try and you know emulate (laughs) while you're practicing uh so like you know not being from a big hockey market I think I only had like Wayne Gretzky like VHS (laughs) you know VHS and DVDs so I'd always you know he was a big influence I actually have a signed autograph from him of his last game yeah wow Wow. were you at it no um I was actually at um a PGA tour like helping out one time and one of the golfers was like what sport do you play I'm like oh I play hockey and he's like he's like well I know Wayne Gretzky I'm like yeah whatever man okay <laughs> and he's like no for real like give me your your info 
and my dad did and you know like two weeks later i got like a signed autograph from him I that's was like, crazy wow yeah friends in high places you guess you'd say right yeah yeah so so well just kind of break me down a little bit how um i guess you moved to philadelphia what but mm-hmm. how does that process work do you you meet a scout or how does it work you know how did you get scouted to get off there so uh so the general manager at the time uh uh, Chris Canale, he has a buddy who was living out in Hawaii, and I happened to be playing against him one day, and he was just like, "Dang, who is this kid?" Like, you know, because you know, uh, growing up playing in house, like you only have a certain amount of kids, so and most of the time, so I was playing against adults, so it was basically adult hockey, at, you know, at certain times. Wow. But. Uh, yeah, he was uh, he was impressed. He's like he's like. How old were you? I was uh, thirteen at wow. the time, and he's like, "Well, I you know I'm a junior hockey coach. Like you know I can get you in contact with my buddy who's he's in New Jersey, you know, and you know hopefully if you're serious about hockey, like you know push that to you know maybe play in college hockey." So yeah, it was just one of those things. I maintained that relationship with. Uh, Chris and uh, with um, his uh, buddy uh, James Smith. So, you know, um, I'm very thankful for them. (laughs) To be honest, if I uh, if I didn't get scouted, I'd probably be back home in Hawaii. So wow. So tell me about moving to Philadelphia. It's the it's like the Jersey part of Philadelphia, right? It's like 40 minutes outside of uh, Philadelphia, probably like north north. Northeast, yeah, northeast. What was it like moving there at that age and (laughs) getting that experience? It was, it was interesting. How old were you? I was so I graduated 2014. I just moved like you know right after high school, and it was, it was interesting. Like you know, different change of pace. Like you know, weather and you know people, and you know. The hockey was a lot different, like playing in house to you know actually like competing for for a spot and like actually like you know playing a different type of hockey like was just kind of hard like <laughs> systems wise like I did not fully understand so it was a learning process through like my junior hockey days but like I had the right like support system through through Chris like you know shout out Keith Primo being my coach and so Keith Primo <laughs> was your, Keith Primo the NHL legend basically and former uh former Hartford Whaler I believe yeah. at yeah. one point mm-hmm. tell me what what was it like learning from him and what what was it he was the coach of the EHL team yes so like I so when I first got there he was coach for um him and Justin Grievous was a coach for the U19 team and then um, the second year that he was there, like I was lucky enough to be on the junior A team with him as a head coach, and him and him and Tyler Hostetter like really, uh, you know, help. You know, we all everyone helped my game <laughs> throughout those times. But being around him was just like a treat because you know having a guy of that caliber, like you know what he expects. Like you know he's done it all. Like you can't go into a locker room and be like I did everything I can like he's like no like I did everything I you know I could so he has like a he's a great guy like you know but he expects a certain you know type of game and you know a certain type of work ethic and you kind of respect that and try to emulate that well I think that I think that it's really cool to note 
that um, Zach Pavilion from Hawaii is really only like one degree from the Hartford Whalers. Yeah, that's that's, that's pretty cool. Like yeah. I, I don't think anybody else on the team is closer to the actual whalers than you. I mean, in any way, like here, you you may you may or may not know that like the whalers are like a say still a sacred mm-hmm. thing here in Connecticut, and and so so to have that one degree of separation between you and the whalers is pretty yeah. cool. I think uh, to to be up here. Tell me, um, you. You've got that experience. It's a it's a springboard mm-hmm. into the college game. What made you? Where'd you go to college, and what made you choose that school? Uh, so I went to Bryn Athen College, and so I basically didn't even leave the area from where I was playing junior hockey. Mm-hmm. It was you know a decision between um, Bryn Athen and one other school, and I uh, you know I like Bryn Athen a lot better. I had a couple of teammates from my junior team who were going to play there. And, you know, I had an opportunity to, you know, kind of be a key guy in that in that role of trying to build a new program, essentially, at the time. And, you know, it that kind of stuck out to me, build something that, you know, is going to last, hopefully. But, you know, it didn't turn out that way. <laughs> what happened? Uh, so... During the COVID year, I think everything, you know, kind of messed everyone's plans up a bit, like kind of shifted like roster spots back, not just for like, you know, um, NCAA D3, but like every league and, you know, just pushed everything back. So that COVID year, like we weren't going to have a season, like, you know, if anything, we we're going to have a half season when we came back, you know, after Christmas break. But um, yeah, just got, got a call from, you know, the coach and, you know, have a meeting with all of our teammates and essentially saying, yeah, um, the school is uh, cutting our funding and they're going to go back to ACHAD ho- or D2 hockey. So Wow. Yeah. So they canceled the program. <laughs> yeah, they canceled the program. It was kind of, you know, it was a tough situation because I pushed back my studies to, to play NCAA D3, you know, my senior year. And you had put up decent enough numbers was there <laughs> – I know when that happens, you're usually kind of just free to go yeah. to whatever school. Was there any opportunity for that, or did you uh, consider it? Or? I, I was considering leaving, especially, like, you know, I put, like, hard work, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, you know, time into, you know, essentially building a, a program up to have it kind of ripped out from under you. But, you know, uh, going anywhere else, it wouldn't make sense because I'd have to, like, essentially like lose about 30 credits like so it didn't make sense at all so it's just like you know i'm gonna stick it out and i'll see how i feel like at the time i was being told like if i wanted to play i was like you know not really like you know i'm still kind of you know torn like between it but you know eventually it was like you know what like you know just make the most of it and you know just train like you would if it was like nta you know schedule so did any of your teammates or the coach probably not the coach but did any of your teammates remain at school there and continue with the ACHA team so me and um, one other guy in my um in my uh class um state pushed back our studies but we also had one other guy who uh was doing a master's program from the NCAA team too so we're kind of fortunate to you know kind of stay together you know and kind of just you know enjoy it how we you know essentially enjoy hockey because you know 
playing looked, at a high level, like sometimes you forget like how much you love hockey. So it looked like you were enjoying it a lot because <laughs> um, if anybody's curious about uh, the difference between NCAA D three and ACHA Division two hockey, need look no further than um, the seventy three points in twenty games. Is that right? Yeah, that you put up. Um, how is that even possible? That's insane. <laughs> Just uh, looking at that is insane. I mean, like, what, you know, like, uh, it, it, I mean, it, ACHA2 is a little, I mean, like, uh, how is it even possible? <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, uh, so I was just training all summer with uh, one of my, uh, um, one of my coaches, uh, um, Archie, who's up in uh, uh, Springfield, but uh, um, he, uh, yeah, just training for a regular season like always. But uh, yeah, it was weird. We started the season off like our Acha season with like ten ten skaters, <laughs> like wow. to, like so we essentially had two lines, and you know eventually we started recruiting heavily. Like you know eventually have three forward lines, but it was just like you know like me and me and uh, my friend. Like, you know, me and my, my line mates, we all had, like, a, a goal to, like, you know, push each other to essentially put ourselves in a winning situation every single night because, you know, we had kids who were, like, 18, 19. Didn't like, know what they were doing. Didn't know what they are doing. You know, it's a different type of animal from what they're playing, you know, like, from, like, double-A hockey. So, like, it's just, you know, trying to lead them into, you know, kind of building – that program up like you know to something better how'd the team do overall we were 11 11 10 and 2 wow so we were over 500 <laughs> that was nice even putting up all those points yeah i still didn't win yeah mm-hmm. only only a little over 500 yeah. wow yeah. so there is you know i guess it is competitive you know yeah I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it so you know to to bring people up to date you you finished college you've you finished college in 20 mm-hmm. you know um i guess you could say earlier this year right because yeah. yeah. come out mm-hmm. yeah uh you know the spring of 22 you finished college take us through the path to to getting here to danbury uh who'd you deal with where'd you go and ha- how'd you wind up here so um essentially winding up here but like um in the past year it was like very interesting so like that summer before i started that acha season i told you i was like training hard for not only like you know pretending like it was going to be that nca season but i was also training to you know i was supposed to finish school on time like you know like a little bit earlier so i could you know eventually make a jump to pro hockey like and you know that summer actually i got invited back to um the havoc for their main camp i went to their free agent camp that summer so i went down in october you know halfway through school like just uh you know uh you know to see what their training camp was like and you know i told them like hey like i need to finish this degree like i can't just leave it on the table but like coming here like you know i went back this summer back to their free agent camp and you know Mar- you know, Marchy, <laughs> like, yeah. on our team. To Huntsville. Got, yeah, he got invited back to, you know, training camp this summer. And, you know, they're like, hey, Zach, you know, we're sorry. Like, they're not, like, sorry, but, like, you know, like, you're a good player. But, like, we'll, you know, 
give some your number out to some some coaches and i had options between here bimington and delaware and you know i thought dan barry was definitely the best fit for sure oh yeah and you know just uh hearing billy's uh voicemail he left me after coming off a plane from uh huntsville having my heart heart torn out basically like it you know it's kind of a breath of fresh air for sure so wow wow what's it been like you know i i, I guess you're you're i heard you're living out at the farmhouse now yeah. but what's it um what's this pro experience been like for you i mean it, you did live in philadelphia and you played college in that area you played ncaa d3 college but now now you're kind of in a pro environment for these saturday night games or even a even a great crowd uh I got to give a shout out to Herm because I think last night was a great crowd. Yeah. Unbelievable crowd for the Tuesday night uh Tuesday yeah. night oh, game yeah. against Delaware Thunder. Mm. Um I I got to be honest it, it and I I don't want to go too far away from this mm. but got to be honest it's when the Thunder come to town it's 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 a 50-50 chance with me sometimes that I you know I just yeah. if it's really cold out but I it was a packed house, and a lot mm-hmm. of people I know couldn't make it. Mm-hmm. So that just goes to show you, um, you know, what, what's going on down there. Yeah. The team's hot, but what's what's it been like for you getting into this environment, taking these bus trips? I mean, what's it been like for you? I think, you know, the pro experience is, you know, like been really great, actually. It's just, you know, there's a lot of uh, – what sword uh just a lot of experience for sure and you know just uh taking the bull by the horns like you never know what you're gonna expect so like you know like the crowd last night like you didn't expect you know a big crowd to be on the tuesday night in danbury you know but it just shows like you know anything can happen on a nightly basis you know and you just got to run with it so and speaking of the crowd last night in attendance uh, was your mother, father, and sister, who I got to speak with very briefly, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just say hello to them. And was that the first time they got you see you play live as a pro? Yes, that was the first time. Because they told me they watch every game on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, then your dad told me that they'd be going up to Springfield, Mass. for a few days, another great minor league hockey town. Mm-hmm. What was it like to have them in the crowd? What would you guys do after the game? Um... It was. It's always nice having the parents, uh, you know, here and you know the family to watch you. Like you know, it's um, it's something special always. Like you know, I'm big on on family and you know, you know when my family's not here, like having a great support system, like all my teammates and you know all the people outside the rink too, like who support us, like is a huge help. So having them there made the night extra special and you know you can kind of tell from you know my production that, that you know they mean a lot to me and you know people who i see as family do too so but uh you know after the game you know they we were just so tired like they just got off the flight <laughs> you know direct flight from hawaii and they landed at 9 a.m so they were tired wow. so they just drove back, and I, wow. went, I went home, too. I was bus up. So so what I wanted to ask you is, you're, you know, speaking of support system, you've got the You Got Amesbury T-shirt. This is <laughs> this is, this is is the version yeah. of the T-shirt where mm-hmm. it's Amesbury himself. 
Um, yeah, you got Ames buried. Yeah. <laughs> tell me, you know what? Why'd you choose the shirt? Uh, and uh, uh, Dom Alessandro designed the shirt, and a great friend of the show designed our logo. Mm. Uh, what do you think? Like, you know, <laughs> what, what made you wear the? What made you go after the shirt? Um, one is the only thing uh, clean in my closet right now. <laughs> but but two laundry like, day. Two like you know you show your support outside the rink, and you know Ames is like one of those guys like. You know, he gets a lot of hate on social media, for sure. But, um, you know, people don't see, like, you know, the the nice person he actually is outside the outside the ice. Like, you know, exactly. that that is kind of lost. Like, you know, people think he's, you know, a goon and whatnot. But, like, you know, to me, like, he's more than that. He's, like, the heart and soul. Like, he works his bag off. Like, a lot of guys do. But, like, you know, he's he's a hockey player. Like, you know. Like, he does so much for our team, essentially, that, you know, why not support him, you know? He's he's the main reason why, why we're here and doing so well, so. Of course. So, Zach, take me a little through. You, you mentioned something earlier. We usually ask this to all the guys. A couple questions we usually ask. One question is, you mentioned it before. We want to get the clear, the reasoning. Mm. Is there an NHL team you regularly support? <laughs> no comment. I'm no. kidding. Uh, uh, regularly support. Right now, um, you know, growing up in Hawaii, I didn't really have, like, a team per se. So, like, I always bounce around teams. But, like, I, you know, I have to say by default, definitely the Boston Bruins. I think last year, like, it was, you know, I was following the Boston Bruins a little bit and then, you know the Islanders a little bit too, oh. and um, I think there's another team. Oh, Colorado, just because I like watch. I like watching just good players, but I wouldn't be like, yeah, I'm a big fan of them. You know, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. just I'm a fan of you know players when they're playing hot. You wanna you know kind of you know, and you know trying to mimic what they do out there, and you know hopefully. You know what they do kind of rubs off on you out there. So <laughs> sometimes we get weird answers, like you know, and and especially when um, the person uh, isn't from a place where there's an NHL team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, we, we, you know, uh, so it's it's funny to just you kind of pick the Bruins, but you don't have a, a real preference. Mm-hmm. Another question that we usually ask everybody who comes on the show is, "What's your favorite place to eat in Danbury so far that you've Ooh. been out here?" And every and this is there's no sponsorships involved. This is you could say whatever restaurant you want. We're not supposed to plug anybody. This is an honest question. Ooh. Yeah, I'd like to get a sponsorship from this <laughs> place. So <laughs> uh, that uh, Hibachi restaurant Zen or Zen, yeah, huh? Yeah, I've heard of it. I would. I'd like to get a. Um, sponsorship from them, and then uh, Ichiro too. Ah, so you're a big hibachi guy. So yeah. yeah, Ichiro's Ichiro. a good yeah. place. Ichiro's a good spot. Yeah. I know that place. <laughs> named after a great baseball player, so like, it can't be too. Bad. Like that'd be sick to have, like you know, their logo on our jerseys or pants or something. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great. I still want to like so. I still want you guys to wear like a TK's jersey one night. I think that would yeah. be awesome. That would be sick. Yeah, I haven't been there yet. Oh come on! Uh, oh I, really? I actually it, mentioned it to uh, your parents. I, I thought is it was it like, good? yeah, I wanted to be like, you guys need to know where to go eat or something like that. You know what I mean? It came thousands of miles away. Yeah, but he's got eighty flavors yeah. of wings. Oh, oh, wings! Yeah, I think yeah. we had it for our, uh, our um, uh. uh well, our Christmas party for the boosters. Yeah, I think it did too. Yeah, so yeah. that yeah, their wings are really good actually. <laughs> so 
I um, guess I guess TK's too. <laughs> I was gonna say, but that was only like a small selection. No? Yeah, it yeah, wasn't you, like the whole shebang. You yeah, go you gotta go there. They also got this really good wrap too. That's like chicken fingers and mac and cheese in a wrap. Ooh. That's really good, and you can pick it's whatever a lot sauce of trouble, you want. That thing oh like yeah, me. it's mad good. Take us just a little bit through. Um, at this point in your career, you're you're basically a rookie in the federal league. As mm-hmm. as we said before, this is this is an entry level league where mm-hmm. guys, you know, you either get a chance to move up here in America somewhere, or maybe you, maybe you take it overseas for a little while uh, mm-hmm. to 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 a league over there, the kind of comparable league. But what are your goals to do with hockey at this point? Well, I think like everyone else's goals, you want to make it as far as you can. But like, I don't know. For me, like in juniors, like I had like big dreams, like you know, just because everyone wants to, you know, be committed at the highest level possible. But when that doesn't happen, things don't go your way. You kind of, you know, beat yourself mentally over it. <laughs> but like, you know, for me, like you know, I want to get, you know, to the highest level possible and you know be the best player I can be but at the same time like I'm here for a reason and to help the team win like and you know as long as I'm here I'm gonna do whatever it takes and you know if I get called up you know it's gonna be the same you know mental state and you know same attitude so no matter where it goes you know it's just gonna happen tell me a little bit about you know, we're coming to the end of the year. You've got two more games against Delaware. We we, we last time we were on, I think it was kind of at the beginning of uh, the Delaware of the saga. Delaware uh, thing. Mm-hmm. It's just you know, as a new pro, um, what's it like to play? Or you know, you're you've already gone three games in three weeks, and you'll finish. This week off, uh, you have a Friday night game in Delaware, a Saturday night game in Delaware. What's it like to play the same team five times? I mean, you're going to – soon you – we haven't, mm-hmm. haven't had five, but what's it like, you know, just – how could you describe playing the same team three times in three weeks and, and with two more games to go coming up? <laughs> well, uh, when, you know, when the NHL regular season ends and, you know – those teams make the playoffs is essentially playoff hockey so like playing them like multiple times over and over again it's that playoff type of atmosphere I mean we saw it last night like it was very intense like you know it's back and forth so there was it was a really good battle last night yeah. I think um I, I I think I've got to apologize a little bit to the thunder because I've been harshed on them <laughs> they I always say they come to fight uh it's it's I think it's just the I think it's just a skill that that we haven't really seen them really match mm-hmm. too often. And now, um, Ryan Marker has moved on from the uh, the Thunder. He was traded to Elmira for familiar face Dmitry Daniluk and another guy, uh, Delaney. Was that was that the guy? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So so you know, uh, changing times over there for the Delaware Thunder, but uh, definitely putting on some good shows with two more. To go, um, you guys are gonna leave tomorrow. What do you do on the bus? It's, it's not the easiest ride. It's not the worst ride, but it's not the easiest one down there. I don't think. Uh, you know, everyone has their routines. Uh, um, 
most guys sleep and you know watch shows on their phone and <laughs> some guys you know uh play cards like me all the boys have been getting into a game called schnarps so what yeah we heard a little bit about yeah we this. heard about this. Yeah. Yeah. what's it about um it's essentially like uh highest card is is ace of course and uh you play by the suit and you know the suit kind of dictates like okay like this is like your trump card essentially so like if you don't have a suit so say if i play like a hearts like it but i don't have a hearts then the trump is diamonds like i'll throw down a diamond and even if it's an ace of hearts and i got a diamond of two i'll win so <laughs> so it's a lot of, it's a lot of um, strategicness and you know luck. <laughs> so. we, we should have some of you guys in here, like live, explain it to us. And we should just, just have you guys play on air. One, yeah, a couple uh, hands. That'd be great. It gets a little rowdy. <laughs> so uh, that'd be perfect. <laughs> like I, I heard from the guys that the video thing's not working, so it's a four, four hour and probably fifteen minute ride uh, mm. all the way down there. Um, what have you done on these bus trips? Is, is it cards all the way, or is there anything else going on the bus you can share? So, um, sh like, growing up in juniors, like, uh, Keith was a big rest guy, so I kind of took that from him for sure. Like, so, like, I, I, I'll sleep for a while. That 10-hour bus ride that we had the one time, I slept for, like, about six hours, even <laughs> though I didn't need to, and then watched shows until my phone died. <laughs> so, but, yeah, I've been... I've been playing cards with the boys most of the time. It's kind of something to, you know, get off the phone for a while and just hang out and bond. So the only th other thing I, I wanted to ask you, that, dude, it's been great having you on. It's 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 really awesome to have. Um, we keep we we keep getting different guests on here, and it's great to have a, you know, a guy who's been putting on a on a tear for the hat tricks and to be a native of Hawaii. You know, probably one of the, probably a handful of professional hockey players to ever ever come from there maybe even less than that uh, what I want to ask you is what what has it been for you is there one thing or a short list of things that you could say hey um, my, my transition you're, you're not quite at a point per game but you, you've, you've made an impact in every game you played clearly um, why has that been what what's it been for you either one thing or a short list of things that have put you in a position of ease and comfort and able to contribute night in night out so far um i think you know it's just sticking to the little things you know just working hard every single day like you know some days is not easy but you know if you keep working hard at your craft and you know doing the little things right like you know playing that team game you know being kind of selfless in a aspect and you know doing you know the right things like things will come so I mean, you know, I don't think that I played any differently these past three games than I have all year. You know, I'm just lucky to be producing right now. But, you know, it'd be nice to keep producing, you know, the rest of the season. But ultimately, that's, you know, not been my goal. It's just to play the same type of style of hockey that, you know, you know, Billy and the rest of my team can, you know, kind of rely on. You know, I want to be relied on, you know, when my number gets called, so... What's, you know, just to just to kind of put it into words, what's Billy asked of you as a player? You know, like what what's he what's he kind of asked you to take on? You know, um, n not much really. He's just asked ourselves to be authentic, and you know, 
um, just be ourselves. And, you know, for me, like I said, you know, that being part of a family and, you know, you know, making plays and all that, that ties into I, who I am as a hockey player. Like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not the biggest guy in the world, but, you know, I'd like to make plays. I like to be offensive and at the same time, like, you know, if someone takes liberties on our team, you know, uh, other guys on our team, like, you know, I don't like doing it, but, you know, it's part of the game and it needs to be done. Like, you know, you, everyone's got each other's backs, so. Yeah, and then with that being said, um, what do you expect from, you know, these last set of games for this year? Um, do you expect them to go kind of the same as they did at home or a little different? Um. Well, ho I'm hoping these next couple of games is just, uh, um, you know, it's probably going to be the same type of, you know, energy. Like, usually when we play teams like that and, you know, I know the next game, like, if that was me, I'd I'd come out with a little more fire. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised, if, you know, when we go to Delaware that, you know, their crowd's going to get, you know, rowdy and, you know, they're going to play with a little more swagger to them. So I, I again, you know, I, I, I don't want to overstate that, you know, I haven't played great, but <laughs> I think they, I think they played in this last stretch much better than they looked opening weekend and maybe even better than they looked, uh, you know, at the end of last season when they beat us at, when they beat us at home when we were kind of flat-footed at the end of the yeah. season there. You know, so it's it's one of those things. I wish Delaware the best. I, 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 I really do. Um, but, yeah, uh, uh, we're going to see in the next couple of games if they sustain that kind of new level that they're at or if it really comes together. Like, Because it, it's, it's, you know, la last night's game was actually a pretty good game towards the end. It, mm -hmm. it closed, the gap closed slightly and – you know, yep. maybe if the you know, it's always just that team is always probably just one or two good guys away from from competing. You know, so they have a new head coach in Brian Verbeek, the brother of another former Hartford Whaler, yep. Pat Verbeek, uh, is now coaching in Delaware. So listen, you never know what you're going to see in this league. Mm -hmm. uh, you never know what you're going to see in Danbury hockey. So Zach, it was. Just on my end, it was great having you in here. Last question I'm going to ask yep. you is, what song do you want Pat to start playing in the arena that you haven't heard when you get out there on the ice? Uh, well, last year, you know, it was great being part of that ACHA team, you know, because I had a little more freedom to kind of, you know, not take it so seriously, but also have a lot of fun with it. And, you know, being a guy to be relied on i requested my goal song to be uh hawaii 5 <laughs> so <laughs> so it was you know it was nice dun, 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 yeah the ventures wow i i i was gonna play i i think we could probably play that on the show i was gonna play mele kaliki maha but i think yeah. we're a couple of days late so i think we'll have to go with hawaii yeah, 5 it's, it, yeah it's past christmas <laughs> i think you should go with 50 i think 55 is not a good number anymore i think you go with 50 50 right? 50 yeah i was thinking about that yeah, yeah. last yeah, year, last year's thir i wore 13 in college and then it was 47 like growing up also a good number yeah it was also my sister's birthday so oh. yeah and then um and then i was 8 but you know i mean when I when I saw that was my my number was fifty five wasn't too psyched about it but you know 
it kind of fits my game. So. Oh, it's cool. I think <laughs> it's a cool number. I think it's a cool number. No, I do too. I love it. Well, I'm going to tell Billy about that. Maybe we'll get you changed to 50. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, I mean, that. That's just. Gotta, the I think Billy right would know that. That's just got to be a little oversight by him. Like I, you know, I, I think he would do it. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Zach, thanks for coming in. Yeah, man. of course. Thanks Thank for you. having me. Yeah. This is Tommy T-Bone Pompicello, Danbury Trasher legend. You're listening to Hat Trick City Radio on 91.7 WXCI. And always remember, hockey's a hell of a drug. Right? You went to one of those good colleges where all the girls are from the suburbs and they're all pretty. Yeah. No? Uh, I don't know. It's, it is small. It's almost like glorified high school. Almost, my, uh, my... My like ex girlfriend of, of many years, her sister went there years ago. She's much older than you, and it was like, I remember all her friends were hot. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, I remember yeah. it was like all good looking girls, yeah. and it's close to home, right? Kinda. Yeah, it was only like two or three hour drive. From yeah. Home, so yeah, it was not too bad. Yeah, like after three hours, it's like gets to be a pain in the ass. The whole college thing, you know? It's like yeah. Jesus. We uh we all miss your purple pants, and I really think that yeah. they might have been the difference. You know what dude, I mean? I no know. fucking way. We were literally just talking the about the purple that. pants, yeah. dude. Were, were those got to be like it? Yeah. Keep those in your folks' garage or something like that. Still, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Actually, yeah. I think they're in my car right now. They're That's here. awesome. They're in town. Those were so like the contrast last season yeah. was just unbelievable. I was like, this, I love this league. I was yeah. like, every night, every night. You don't my, know what you're getting, yeah. My my uh, my fiance now, Danielle, she was like so confused by it. Okay. Like you know, she she doesn't know hockey super well. She yeah. comes to the games here, but it's like, she I think she asked me every game if there was like a reason yeah, why yeah. they were purple. I was like, is there a reason? Yeah. I was like, nope, those are his college pants. Yeah. <laughs> He's just playing in them. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like she. She's one that's always trying to, like, even if it's, like, something that's a mistake, she's trying to figure out if it's right. Yeah. She's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Why is it like that? I'm like, well, it's it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. All right, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Hattrick City. You got DJ Patty Cake here and DJ Uncle Matt joined by our wonderful guest, Brian Wilson. Brian, how are we doing today? Uh, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Brian Beach Boy Wilson back for his second wave in Danbury. So it's uh, it's nice to see you back here, dude. You're you're playing so well this season, and um, you know I I I. It's nice to have guys who were here last season on the show sometimes because Pat and myself, you know, we've been around a little while now too, and and we can compare what. What's the big difference this season compared to last season just with the time that you spent with the team in, in both years? Uh, I think this year we're playing just a much more structured game. Um, you know, Billy, he's got us uh, – he, he's got a good good system in place for us. Uh, I think guys kind of know what they're doing in different situations. Um, another thing, too, though, is just something, I guess, a little bit less quantifiable, but we're uh, – we we gel really well together as a team. Um, you know, we don't have we don't really have any guys in the locker room that um, you know don't don't fit in and don't get along well with other guys. Uh, and I think that's that's kind of an underrated uh, part of success in hockey. So that's cool. I, I I was thinking something along those lines. What what I wanted to ask you was you. <clears throat> 
you kind of bounced around last season in terms of signing with different clubs, going for different opportunities, different places, and just take us through the process of what brought you back here this season. Like, how does it work for a goalie like you where, you know, it's 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 a special position, a specialty position, and many, many teams are always looking at goalies. How'd you end up right back in Danbury? Yeah, so I, I started this season, uh, I went to training camp in uh, Birmingham in the SP. Uh, I spent spent a little bit of time there last year as well. Um, just found that this year, like, you know, um, there was a real, real log jam of goalies um, up in the higher levels, and it just kind of trickles down that way. Um, you know, my... My goal is just well play as well as I can and and that's all I can really control and um, you know I am hoping to play at the highest level possible but uh, I know like coming down here in Danbury like uh, you know having a relationship built up with with Billy from last year built up with the guys you know Frankie uh, my goalie partner here don't want to don't want to leave Butler out too uh, <laughs> I got got two really good goalie partners here this year but Frankie being here uh last year with me and then uh you know you got like Johnny and Gordy coming back as uh as captain assistant captain um you know kind of that core guys uh was was the same coming back and um having good relationships with those guys just kind of made me feel comfortable coming back here knowing I'm coming back to a, a competitive team um, you know, it's it's not a team that's, you know, expected to eh, only win games here or there or, you know, only go 500. There's there's an expectation of, you know, we're here to win every night and we're here to win the last game of the season ultimately, um, which, you know, only one team in the league can, can say they, uh, they accomplish every year. But uh, I know, like, the goal here is to be that team. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a goal for everybody in this room to get there. So, what what I was going to ask you was, <clears throat> you you played in a it looks like you played in one game with Cincinnati in the ECHL, and you played in a, a just about a handful of games uh, with with Evansville and the Vermilion team in uh, SPHL. I guess you also snuck in a couple of games with the Birmingham Bulls. Yeah. So you were all over last season, but yeah. you also got the opportunity to go up to the AHL. I guess it was kind of on an emergency situation or a last-minute situation. Yeah. Could you take us through that experience and, you know, h- how does one get that call and what kind of went through your mind? What did you have to do? Yeah, that was uh, that was super cool. Um, so I, it was Springfield that I got called up to there. Um and I, I know the, the goalie coach there fairly well. Uh, I've been working with him for a number of years. And he had just, last year was the first year that he got the position with, uh, with them as kind of the, the St. Louis Blues development goalie coach. Um, yeah, it was kind of a COVID situation. They had a guy go home for the Christmas break to, up to Canada at the time going into Canada, you had to get tested for, for COVID and turned out he came back positive. So he was in a quarantine. Uh, they didn't have anyone else they could call up. Um, so yeah, I kind of just got a text. Uh, 
actually remember, uh, I don't know if you guys remember the game we played in Watertown last year that we started at like 11.45 at night. We just spoke about that game. So we played that game, right? Like that was just- Unbelievable. An absolute gong show. (laughs) Um, That was, you know, that's an experience you're probably not getting in any other (laughs) leagues. People always say, I'm always (laughs) talking about food, but what the heck do you eat after the game starts at 11.45 after the game? is? I think yeah, I think you just have sleep for dinner. That giant frozen yeah. Watertown pizza that they bring out, or whatever the heck it was. Yeah, oh, I, I don't remember what we had, but um, so you know, we we played that game. We had three different buses, like you know, <laughs> it was yeah. It, we yeah we had so many bus breakdowns on the way there, and I get wake up in the morning and get a get a text from that goalie coach in Springfield. He says, "Hey." Uh, Hey, do you have your COVID vaccine? Like, yeah, you know, because that was a requirement for for the league or whatever. He's like, yeah, we we might need a guy here. Um, you know, you think you could come back up for us tonight in Bridgeport? And I said, well, we're I can as long as we don't have any bus breakdowns, which I really can't make any promises for you because uh, yesterday was uh, if yesterday was any indication, it's not a good sign. But uh, so I was kind of crossing my fingers that there wasn't going to be any uh, any hiccups on the bus ride back because I just I was going to have to get right back to the the rink in Danbury and immediately just drive to Bridgeport. And uh, I guess uh, I guess the hockey gods were on my side that day because we managed to get back without any breakdowns and uh, I made it to Bridgeport, was able to back up there and then uh, ended up spending about a week or so with with the team there. And it was uh, it was a super super cool experience. Uh, some some pretty pretty darn good players there. Uh, you know, getting to know them a little bit, facing facing them and stuff. Uh, the the one like I thought it was pretty uh, pretty cool showing up and you know you're in the locker room with James Neal, a guy that scored. 40 goals in an NHL season. Yeah, four, he played with Springfield like, last uh, year, right? Walk in the room, it's like a little surreal. Yeah. You're like, wow, all right. Like, uh, you know, this guy can shoot a puck. So, um, no, there were some really, really uh, cool experiences with that. And uh, definitely grateful I was able to be, uh, just be a part of that. So, where, where are you from, actually? Uh, I'm from uh, just outside of Toronto. I grew up in uh, a town called Pickering, Ontario. Okay. Uh, and now, now I live up in, uh, Little Britain, Ontario. It's, uh, fam, my family moved up, uh, onto a lake up there. Oh, just kind of cool. downsize and, you know, I'm not, I'm not around for most of the year and my sister's, uh, moved out and stuff. So, wow. uh, it's just, just them too. They want to downsize, get onto the water, you know, enjoy it a little bit, slow down the pace of things. So. Tell me a little bit about your junior experience and stuff leading up. I mean, uh, you know, was your what was your what was your story leading up to going? You, you played at Niagara for four years. Yeah, so uh, I started off playing with the Canada Lasers in the CCHL, which is based out of Ottawa. Um, that team doesn't exist anymore. Well, they they relocated, I think, to Renfrew now. But uh, the tape yeah, factory is sorry. The tape factory is Renfrew. Renfrew is hockey tape, isn't that it? There might be. Yeah, yeah. I've, 
I don't know. I'm not up to date on my Tate factories, to be <laughs> honest. But uh, somebody said it's all made at the same place, to, to, but it's just a different, different uh, yeah, name on the inside. But you're anyway, pro- you're yeah, probably not wrong. Continue, yeah. But uh, yeah, I kind of had a scratch and claw to, to get in there. Um, you know, I was uh, I was definitely a late bloomer. Um, you know, like in Canada, the big thing is the the OHL draft year when you're 16 and whatever. And I was. Uh, I was well off the radar. I was uh, not playing a very high-level hockey at the time. And uh, I just stuck with it, kept moving up levels. Um, when it was time for me to get out of uh, minor hockey and into juniors, I just went to uh, went to different, you know, uh, like identification camps for, for different leagues, different teams, and... Um, Canada was actually the last camp that I that I had uh, hadn't hadn't managed to get on with with any of the other teams and had a really good camp uh, just kind of earned a spot on the team and it ended up working out really well uh, I ended up playing a ton of games that year uh, which is really uh, you know it's it's a really uh, kind of good situation to end up in as a, a rookie goalie um, I think I developed a lot because of that and um yeah so then from there the next season i went to uh i, I got a trade to okotoks mm-hmm. uh the okotoks oilers which is in alberta um <laughs> again that was a good experience just just south of calgary kind of my first time being that far from home and you're basically um, from where you were from was kind of like a city or what was it like yeah it's like uh it's essentially a suburb of Toronto. It's right, just right, it's about right. I don't know about forty minutes from downtown Toronto, but Toronto is so like it's so big. It's right. it's similar. It's got a different vibe than New York City, but in in terms of just how much it spreads out, it's it's similar. New York New York City is a little bit bigger, but I think I think Toronto uh, Toronto's right up there with L.A. and New York City as like the three biggest cities in North America. So it's, you can imagine it's, it's pretty big. So 40 minutes outside of the city, you're still, you're still within, uh, there's, there's lots of action going around. The, uh, you, you get to the BCHL, which is a really competitive league. Yeah. And you know, I've, I've, you know, I've, uh, I've seen some kids that not only have come out of there playing professionally, but I've even run into a couple of kids that, young kids who went to try out there and stuff at open skates and different things like that tell me a little bit about did you start to get recruited out of there how did it work there so that was um i ended up going there yeah after my time at okotoks um they okotoks had a a really really good goalie there already um they were just going to stick with him and we parted ways ended up uh i don't remember exactly how it went down but I think uh, Powell River acquired my rights in a trade, uh, if I remember correctly, in the summer. And um, yeah, just uh, I had a little bit of a connection with the goalie coach there too. Didn't know him personally, but what's just, the town like? Uh, the talent there was was very good. Um, I'm trying to think. Like there were, I was kind of, I was a little bit in between uh, some of the bigger names being in there, like. Uh, the year before I was there, like Tyson Jost and Dante Fabro, uh, those guys were in the league. 
and then I think the year after I left, I believe like uh, I think Kent Johnson and uh, Alex Newhook and stuff were were there. So as a goalie, maybe it was maybe it was good for my career that uh, I was kind of in between some of those guys. But uh, there was still like there's still a lot of really good players. A lot of guys that are playing in the A and the coast and stuff right now are playing overseas. Um, there might be some guys playing in the show too. I uh, I don't keep track of names right, necessarily yeah. all that much, but uh, but yeah, no the the talent was really really good there. Like uh, the teams teams were really deep. Um, you know, even some of the the worst teams in the league had like a lot of college committed Talented guys. guys and, yeah. yeah, guys that that went on to do some stuff. So. Tell me a little bit about uh, Niagara. I think it's a pretty fun school, right? Like, uh, what 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 was it like? It seems like you saw a lot of action early, and and then seems like a little less. What what was your college experience like? Again, what I tell people all the time is that uh, you know it's it, there's a lot, there's a few D one goalies in our league. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah. it's it's, it's the goalie position is very deep. You yeah, know what I mean. So tell me about your experience. At, tell us about your experience at Niagara. Yeah, it was uh, it was a great great experience overall. Um, you know, I was very uh, very privileged to be able to to get to that level. Um, you know, I'm very I think first and foremost, just very proud. I was able to to get there. One of my goals that I set uh, when I kind of started taking hockey seriously around 15 or 16 is you know I wanted to to make it into a D1 program and be a an important part of of uh, of a team there, and I was able to accomplish that. Um, not everything went as as smoothly as I necessarily would have liked at times, but I mean that's life. That's that's always the case with with anything you do, right? There's going to be bumps along the road. Um, yeah, it was it was a really fun school. Uh, I have a lot of great friends from there. What did um, you study? I did studied. You Studied sports management. Yeah, I uh, I got my degree in sport management. Graduated in twenty twenty one. So last year, last year was my first year out. Last year was my first year uh, playing professionally. Were you one of those guys that had your mindset on playing pro from whatever age you were, trying to pursue this, or did you did you kind of think about going into the workforce or finding a finding a different type of uh, occupation? Uh, no, I think kind of once I had, once I had set that goal of, um, getting to college and playing at college, it was kind of like, all right, I, you know, I, the, the, the trajectory I felt like I was headed on and I felt like I was developing really well. Uh, I was pretty confident that I was going to be, be able to play professionally. Um, now, you know, I, who knows how how long that lasts or where it you know where the journey takes me but you kind of just got to worry about you know what's in front of you today and uh and see see where things end up so yeah right now it's uh and for as long as i can remember back to when i was a teenager it's kind of just let's be as be as good as i can today you know get one percent better today see where that takes me you know i i had a I had all the confidence that it would uh, it would get me to the professional ranks at some point, but uh, yeah, it's just you never know what tomorrow is going to bring. So I think it's just you know right now that's my focus. 
Um, you know, hockey's my my life, my my career, I guess you'd call it right now. And uh, you know, if one day that's not the case, and I'll shift uh, shift my view, shift my goals and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's just how it is for me right now. Well, something I wanted to ask you, and I'm sure a few people are curious, is. Um, I, Pat and I know the answer now. What was the story with the purple pants last season? Just to clear the air, just for some of the fans that may be yeah. listening, that you know. So, like, I just uh, put an end to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, the purple pants, the purple pads, purple mask, and stuff. Um, for anyone wondering out there, like, I just really like purple. <laughs> uh, it well. Niagara also is a uh, you know is purple, so it may have had something to do with yeah, that. So, uh, like it. But it could have also just been that I like purple. Yeah, we'll, maybe we'll never know. Huge kind of a fashion clash right there from uh, Brian Wilson, the goalie. Yeah. Um, Ryan, we're gonna ask you a couple more questions that we usually do ask. So you've been here two seasons. Where's your favorite place to eat in Danbury? And this is no endorsements. Again, this is we're just asking the players where they like to eat. Uh, Your favorite place around town? Go there twice a week. Go there twice a week. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, you know, a, a good spot. I know they sponsor the team and stuff. It's not a not an endorsement. I don't get anything out of it necessarily, <laughs> but uh, except except for a free milkshake maybe here and there. Oh. But uh, <laughs> Holiday Diner is a good spot. Uh, me and DJ Pat over here just <laughs> just, uh, just took a trip on down oh, actually. Oh man, now yeah. I'm really upset. But uh, damn yeah, work. A couple other spots they are not necessarily uh actually you know what uh, a good spot too uh nearby is um minas carne yeah, um, yeah i don't know cool. i don't know if i'm even pronouncing that right but no it's good they know who they are they're good yeah. um and then if you know you know yeah you don't have to not, say it again yeah. so you pronounce it right once <laughs> um honestly like the like chain places that just we don't really uh we maybe have like one or two locations in Canada, but not not anywhere close to me. Or, uh, you know, I like making the occasional Chick Fil A stop, and uh, and another one is Cheesecake Factory. Cheesecake Factory is uh, <laughs> it's a great so spot. Going to the big those box are restaurants. Those right? are like those. Yeah, it's kind of if I'm I'm gonna treat myself a little bit, there you, you go. know. Hey. Um, but uh, every so, once in a while. So favorite kind of cheesecake? Favorite kind of cheesecake. Um, so I I don't have like Ooh. one specific kind of cheesecake I would All say right, is like my a, favorite. Like a top That's asking three. a personal question, well, bro. Well, <laughs> I wasn't done with my answer here. I was gonna say sorry. I uh, so I I've got a a theory on my my desserts uh, or just just something I live by when it comes to dessert. If it does, like I don't want it to have fruit in it. Okay, so my theory is. If it's dessert, like I want my dessert. I like fruit. I like dessert. I don't need to mix them, right? Mm-hmm. So if it's like chocolate or peanut butter or vanilla, whatever it is, I'll probably go for it, right? So like a chocolate raspberry type thing is yeah, not no. your not your deal. That'll well, that. I get it, bro. You, but I get that though. You that makes sense. You don't want your chocolate tasting bananas, and you don't want no. your bananas tasting chocolate. I get, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, no, it, it makes separate. sense. I got like you. if, you know. That I, used to creep me out. When I when I went to public school in New York City, I don't even remember who exactly it was, but these kids would pour their their milk 
Ah, uh, stop. I already know what you're going with this. cup. And um, I would be like, that's just not for me, bro. You no. know what I'm saying? Like, the amount nah. of people that did that and they yeah. like, yeah. I would just be like, nah. You yeah. know, when I've no. seen it. And, and the truth is, the truth is when you look at like uh, stuff like that, it's totally just based on like what your parents would eat. And yeah. like they trained you. Like I'm. I don't know if my fiance listens to the show enough, but I'll just put this out there that like, I'm pretty sure somebody in her family has everybody in the rest of the family thinking that olives are weird. Yeah. And I'm just like, olives? Like, I, olives. I'm not really mad at them. It's not like I wouldn't say, oh, I want like an olive sandwich right now, but like, <laughs> yeah, if I see an olive, I'll eat it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not, you know, not the type of, oh, olive. I won't. I I don't touch olives. Okay, but what I'm yeah. trying to say is, but but I wouldn't be like, oh, it's the weirdest, <laughs> yeah, grossest thing. Like it's just like I don't know. It's like I would never eat an anchovy, not because I don't know people that eat them, but it just looks gross to me. Yeah, it just looks gross yeah. to me. And I, but like I understand. Okay, you don't like them, but I'm saying like an olive is the weirdest thing. No, I'm saying it's weird. Yeah, this is like it's like. It's a pretty common thing. Like, yeah, I don't know, you know? Like, I'd say they're fairly normal. Right. I just, I just yeah. don't like them. Right. You That's don't have all. to like yeah. them. I'm just but, saying it's like, yeah. is it bizarre that the next, like, to me, it's bizarre when people like anchovies. It's just like, that's a little weird. You know what I mean? It's bizarre yeah. when you pour a cup of milk into a fruit cup. Yeah. It's just a little bizarre to me. I don't get it. But Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then going along with this theme of not mixing things, um, I know a lot of goalies have, like, their own like kind of superstitions and or like traditions like yeah what's one for you that you got like do you have like a pregame thing you do or is it something like during games you have to do it this way um so i try and i try and stay away from superstitions um anything i'm doing like pregame or whatever like it's i look at it through more of the lens of like preparation rather than superstition so okay um you know basically i just want to make sure I just do what I have to do to be mentally prepared and physically prepared before games, and that may look different on any given night. Because um, I, f- I find if you get locked into something superstitious where it's like oh, I gotta, you know, I gotta put my left left side on before my right side or something, and then like let's say one game, you know, Watertown last year, we show up and there's. 15 we get get there and we have 15 minutes right, to get on the ice right. and play and it's like oh i don't have time to like do everything in the right order then i can't play well or whatever you just got to kind of like prepare with uh with what you're given on that given day it's um, a totally different type of thing like the, yeah like these those nhl players like they know they're going to be at the the rank two and a half hours before the game yeah. at least you yeah. know what i mean like it's like and that's that's what i plan for but sometimes things don't go the way you expect you know you got maybe you have three bus breakdowns on the way to a game you know <laughs> you just yeah. you just don't know um but i i do uh i do juggle before games uh so that's one and then uh i've worked with i've worked with a sports psychologist for six seven years now really? so uh i have a little uh a little book that i read uh just with some mental notes in it uh, I read that before each period. Uh, so that's, you know, guys probably look at me like that. It's, you know, think that's a superstition or whatever. I'm just, well, I gotta be honest yeah. with you. This this is going to go in a weird direction now because I, that's very interesting, man, because I do remember a game last season. Let's just leave it 
at the wheels came off in the game and we, uh-huh. we lost the game. And I remember you having like this weird upbeat energy about you. Uh-huh. I swear to God, uh-huh. in the hallway. And I was like, yo, dude, this kid is he's a next play type of dude. It's like we got fucking yeah. beat tonight. We're gonna play tomorrow and you gotta keep it going. Like like I think about that sometimes too, especially with, you know, as you guys get older, I think, as you get into relationships and different things like that, like teammates work people like one little thing or one little day just can't yeah i tell people this all the time when i saw aaron judge i saw aaron judge play one i'm from new york city but i only saw aaron judge play live one time all the way out in scranton Mm -hmm. with a buddy of mine in the poconos we went to a um scranton i guess they were the scranton yankees or whatever the scranton rail riders something like that triple a and Aaron Judge had a horrible day at the plate. He didn't get one hit. He didn't get on base. And I remember saying to myself, wow, you know, like that's the kid that's the big prospect right now. But, like, imagine if he had gotten frustrated that one day with not yeah. getting on base yeah. in AAA, and it, it just threw him off. I mean, now he's one of the biggest players of all time, really. I mean, yeah. there's nobody else like him. So I, I, it's not surprising to, to me that you focus on that part of being an athlete. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I guess that's what you do, right? I mean, yeah, it's uh, on like it's it's such a big part, especially of being a goalie. I think for for any hockey player or even athlete in general, um, but goalie is a very very mental mentally demanding uh, position. You know, you're kind of you're the last line of defense. Puck gets by you, it's it's one on the board for the other team. You know, and uh, it can be the difference in a game. So. Um, you kind of got to just manage your, uh, manage your emotions, really not try not to bring emotions into it too much. And just like, just comes down to just controlling what you can control. Like can't control, uh, can't control outcomes really. You can just control, you know, how you prepare and, and how you work. Um, so really all, you know, going into a game, I just, I just want to know, like, you know, I've done my physical preparation, I've done my mental preparation, and I'm going to go out there and just give everything I got. I might give up 10 goals, I might give up zero goals, might win, might lose, you know, it just, I can't necessarily control those things, so um, that's kind of the way I try and look at it, and it's like anything else, you know, I'm it's not going to be perfect all the time, and it just it is what it is, you just try and move on to, can't control the past, and just move on to what's in front of you right now, so. Sounds like a good way to live to me. Yeah. yeah. That much, yeah. And um, and speaking on that, I know we talked about this briefly a little bit earlier off, Mike. Um, but Tuesday, you were um, you were on your head there for a bit. I mean, with a five on three, I mean, how do you handle stuff like that, especially like in game, like for Tuesday, for example? Like, how did you fare that game, like mentally? Like, yeah. Take us take us through what you you were thinking during that whole ordeal we'll call it (laughs) yeah no it can be a little bit tough uh especially you know like delaware obviously they're they're not having the best season uh sometimes it can be a little uh the game can get a little sleepy sometimes back there uh not facing a ton of shots and stuff that's actually that can make things tougher as a goalie sometimes you're just you're not feeling pucks you're kind of just back there spending time in your own thoughts which uh you know that can spell trouble sometimes but uh yeah and then you have situations like that where suddenly you're on a penalty kill for seven minutes or whatever and four four minutes of it is five on three and it's you're all all of a sudden you're 
you're working, working, working. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, uh, like it was a little, a little frustrating, I guess, to be in the box that much. Um, you know, I think we're, uh, we were a good enough team. I think we just kind of let it get, get away from us there, but we're a good enough team to just, I think, play through stuff a little bit more. And, uh, and I think we could have, you know, instead of a 6-4 game, we probably could have uh, had or a couple. 7-4. Right? Or 7-4, yeah, yeah the empty netter, I guess, yeah. But just kind of had that swing a little bit more the other way. Uh, but, you know, what? like, end of the day, it's, again, like, I can't really control that stuff. Like, uh, I just got to deal with the situations that are presented to me. And if I got to kill a penalty for seven minutes, uh, you know, <laughs> me and the guys are going to – just battle through that. Go like, after uh, it. Yeah, it's uh, it is what it is. If you just kind of if you sit there and you know whine and complain or get angry about it or whatever it is, like uh, you know, then they're gonna probably take advantage of that because your your focus isn't in the right spot. So I just tried to do the same thing. Just like, all right, well, the only thing I control is just trying to stop the next puck. So. Um, all it is and yeah that penalty kill didn't go didn't go perfect for us but um you know the the boys did a good enough job of, of holding it down for uh you know enough for us to get the win there so um we'll take that and like i said uh, now that's the pass so we just worry about what's ahead so and i was going to ask um with that you know playing them two more times this weekend um, I imagine that's going to be on your mind a little bit, even though it might be the past. But to use that uh, kind of up, what you got to expect in Delaware on top of that. Yeah, I mean, for me, I give me boring answers here. For me, I don't really. It's just whatever. Like my job's the same. I'm not involved in really the shenanigans, or <laughs> it's not. You know, I just find that as a. You know, there's no point getting into that stuff. It's my yeah. my job is just get out there, stop the puck. Um, so that's all I really try and focus on, and the game's going to be the exact same for me. I'm just going to try and go out there, Some... stop whatever puck comes to me, and uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure there'll be some points where emotions are running a little bit high, but uh, I'm just going to try not to, not to let that happen to me. So. Last last thing I'm going to ask you because you've been great today, Brian. And I know you got to get on the bus and get on down to uh, beautiful Harrington, Delaware. Um, what, what I want to ask you is, as a goalie, is there any type of? It might be a weird question, but is there any type of training you do, or even mental preparation, where you say to yourself, "Okay, you know, I have three periods to stand in the net and then to work the net, defend the net, or whatever." But is there any type of training you do for kind of a game like we had the other night, where the the other team gradually got more shots? Is there any type of mental training, or is there any type of like? skills training you I don't know it just might it's just something came to mind uh, not really I mean it's like I'm gonna sound like a complete broken record here but yeah. like it's kind of the same like mental like same mentality is just I don't know like I can't control how many shots they're getting they might you know they might get zero shots on me in a whole period who knows and then right. the next period they might put 25 on me like <laughs> It's not likely, but like it's happened in this league, though probably. Yeah, like it, it just you kind of just don't know uh, what you're gonna get. So it's just trying to be 
like I would say I kind of have like a, a mental plan where it's, you know, once the puck drops, my focus is external, right? I'm trying not to really have any thoughts. It's just my whole focus is that puck. Uh, between whistles, that's where I kind of relax. I can go internal a bit, but I have a few just like a few internal focus words, I call them, that just like it's just three or four words that I'll just repeat to myself kind of in my head that just like makes it easier to get back into like an external focus once that puck drops again. Um, cause kinda this you this want, is not a broken record. This is a pretty good yeah, answer here. Yeah, yeah I mean, just because you want your like – it's easier to be external on what's happening around you and not have thoughts inside your head if your if your internal thoughts are either positive or just neutral. So I try and just be repetitive in the words I'm going over in my head just so that I'm not getting to a point where it's negative because if you start having some doubts and stuff and that's when, you know, you try going external but those kind of like I'm sure you've had situations in your life where it's like you got a little doubts eating at your sure. mind and when it's yeah. po- when it's positive thoughts or neutral thoughts and then you get involved in something you're not those aren't eating at you you know it's more it's just like if you let those negative ones come in a little bit so trying to have those focus words and um anytime there's like dead time in the play i'll just kind of repeat those in my head and um yeah i'm just trying to let any negative thoughts in so i think it's probably all about breathing too you know, like and and, and breathing's important. Yeah, getting air in and out and just having that clear head to to kind of address things. I'm Brian was on my end. It was great having you in here today. I'm sorry I missed lunch. And very <laughs> rare of me to miss lunch, but uh, it, it was great having you in here. Let me ask you a very very final question on my end. What are you gonna do on the bus? Um, you a sleeper, card player, reader. <laughs> Definitely going to throw some tunes on. I always just throw the headphones on and kind of stay in my own world for the most part. Uh, you know, chat with some of the boys, maybe fall asleep. Um, I don't know. It's a bit of a weird time of day, though, so I don't know if I'll, don't know if I'll get a nap in. But uh, bus ride back, I'll definitely be getting a nap. Um, yeah. Other than that, I don't know. It's kind of depends. You never know what today is going to bring. So. Yeah. Um, best of luck to you this weekend. We'll be yeah. watching. Oh, um, definitely. Yeah, and uh, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate You're the best, it. Of course. Man. Glad to have you here. All righty. Awesome. And just like that, Hattrick City concludes 2022 on the highest note. I want to thank all of our guests from this episode Brian, Zach, Billy. Always a pleasure having you guys on. And I want to thank all our previous guests that have got us going this year for the start of the podcast. And we're just going to say this right here. 2023 is going to be a huge year for Hattrick City. So get ready for more content. We got a lot of different ideas, possibly videos going along with the podcast. You may have heard that, may have not. I don't know. We might do it, might not. But be sure to follow our social media for more information that's Hattrick City on Instagram we might get a Facebook you'll find out through there and make sure that if you're listening to this on Spotify give us a rating give us that five star because you know that's the way to go and if you're listening on the radio thank you for tuning in 
and being a loyal, loyal listener. As always, it has been a pleasure. This is DJ Patty Cake signing off with Hattrick City for 2022. Peace and love to all. Have a happy and safe new year.